Hi, everybody. This is John Hargrove of AESP, and welcome back to our podcast series. Today's conversation is with two longtime supporters of AESP, Susan Gilbert and Ann Fracas of Apogee Interactive. And it's a follow-up on the article that these two did for our annual magazine, and the article was entitled Learn from the Leaders. Now, most of you know Susan, but she is the CEO and co-founder of Apogee Interactive. And before forming Apogee, as AESP was getting started, Susan served on our board of directors. And as over the, over the years, she's kept her company very closely involved with us, and we appreciate that. Susan is joined today by Apogee's vice president, Ann Fracas, who leads their companies in client engagement. And Ann is heavily involved with AESP, working on our marketing topic committee. And she's also a board member of the uh, AESP Southeast chapter who, and responsible there for membership and, and more. So welcome to both of you. Thank you very much for being here today. And Susan, let's start off by having you tell us a little bit about you and your company. Thank you, John, for this opportunity to share our experience serving the energy industry. My husband, Joel, and I founded Apogee over 25 years ago, a, a way of sharing our, our passion for responsible energy use and environmental stewardship. Our, initially off, our initial offerings back in the day were targeting customer education and energy analysis. Those have been refined over the years into a pretty expansive digital engagement platform, which is what we're known for today. We're especially proud to report that Navigant, a leading consultancy that studies our market, has called it the industry's most comprehensive customer engagement platform. And back when we founded Apogee, we chose a name, Apogee Interactive, because the word Apogee means the extreme in an orbit or the highest point, which is what we tend to be out there on the cutting edge doing things first. Then we added to it Interactive to secure the initials AI that's the acronym for artificial intelligence, because AI's always really been at the core of what we do. Apogee today leverages customer data like billing information, AMI, and home profiles using pretty sophisticated mathematical models to help utilities know and engage customers, ultimately to influence their behavior. Today, we serve hundreds of North American utilities with a wide array of cutting edge software as a service applications. Anne, why don't, we, and, uh, why don't we hear a little bit from you too? Sure. Uh, I personally personally am very proud of the two and a half plus years I've been with Apogee and working for such a great company. And what attracted me to Apogee from the very beginning was the spirit of innovation. Uh, it was very entrepreneurial uh, here at Apogee, which I really was uh, happy to join in with. Uh, their dedication to the utility industry was obvious. Uh, in a relatively short period of time, we have witnessed tremendous growth in providing a platform that drives our utilities customers to programs. It's really exciting to see the results. Well, as I mentioned, this interview is a follow-up to, to the article that you all wrote for our annual magazine, it was, and it was entitled Learn from the Leaders. And you know, you know me, I'm a big proponent of utilities and how they can improve their relationship with their customers and all that. So Susan, why don't, why don't we start off on that, uh, talking about that article a little bit. Uh, give me a, a, an understanding of uh, the baseline of utility customer communications, because that's kind of where that whole article started. That's right. Well, even before I started in the industry, the utility customer communication was simply a bill once a month for consumption. When I began in, in honest into the industry, I remember hearing an executive announce that his perspective on customer service was to quote, if they want our power, they can come down to the plant and pass their check through the chain link fence. No joke. 
but we've come a long ways. Over time, that's evolved to including a message on a mailed paper bill, and then to actually having bill inserts, which we all laughed about because we knew nobody read them. When websites finally appeared on the, uh, in the industry, many utilities started posting information there and hoping customers would find it. And some did, but over time that trailed off. And customers came to expect more from the utility companies, the same kinds of things they got from their bank or their credit card company or retail stores. So as we watched that evolution and experienced it ourselves from our own bank and places like American Express and Amazon, we started thinking about how can we bring some of that personalization and digital engagement to utilities. So about 10 years ago, we shifted our focus from offering education that customers had to come find to pushing out personalized outbound messages that are cost effective and really engage the right customer with the message that's relevant to their situation. So it was a pivotal moment for our company a few years back, and it's been a real game changer for our clients. As I mentioned in the article, utilities can learn a lot by just watching the leaders in other highly competitive industries and seeing what they like and what they're, what they're experiencing. Finding innovative ways to catch that customer's attention and draw them in into a really ongoing relationship today is table stakes for keeping the customers engaged. Yeah, that's absolutely true. As, as Susan pointed out in the article, utilities now have to think outside the box. You know, rather than waiting for regulatory permission, they need to take proven ideas from other industries to increase customer satisfaction and, and to get those higher returns on their investments. You know, most regulators are eager for utilities to try new approaches. And to answer to that, you know, Apogee is expanding on our innovation based on what we've seen in the other industries. So we now include better targeting and some market automation, for example. And we hear commonly quoted that the average click-through rate in the utility industry is no higher than 2%, usually 1.6 to 2. Personalized outbound proactive communications blow this average away. Um, we've seen with our customers a click-through rate Especially, especially with videos, up to 20 times the industry standard. Well, that's pretty good. And, you know, uh, as ever the program manager, you're dredging up some painful memories for me as I, as I used to work with our corporate communications people to try and figure out how to get that message out. Um, you know, one of the things we always talked about then was what are the, the drivers? Why does the utility need to get their message out? So, uh, Susan, I'll come back to you. So, talk to me a little bit about the key drivers uh, that, that utilities have for improving their communications. I think some of them are fairly obvious, but I suspect there's more nuance to it. That's true. Our utility clients are working to drive customer satisfaction and to cost-effectively achieve their program goals. Uh, many are finding it hard to pass cost-effectiveness tests because much of that low-hanging fruit over the years as energy efficiency has been harvested by energy efficiency programs of utilities over gosh, the past 30 years, um, that combined with the increasing efficiency standards for appliances, lighting, HVAC, it's making it very hard for traditional methods to achieve any kind of savings goals. Yet regulators are looking for more and it's becoming harder for utilities to deliver that. So to overcome those challenges, 
as Ann mentioned, you need better targeting and you need more, need more relevant, personalized, and effective outreach methods. Uh, customers want to know what's in it for them in their unique situation. Um, and doing that well does result in customer interest. And we find it builds their trust and it results in more satisfied, more engaged, and better served customers. Um, Ann, you can probably yeah. elaborate there. No, that's absolutely true. The clients I work with are also interested in increasing revenue and cutting costs, but they have to tread carefully. So without a foundation of trust, their customer community won't stand behind their utility. And if the Public Service Commission, for example, feels the utility is promoting increased use to build revenue or not provide customers the help they need in managing their energy responsibly, you know, they may not authorize cost recovery or approve rate requests. So communicating in a way that is really beneficial to the customer while supporting a utility's goals can be challenging. Um, but we're finding that if you build trust and you have happy customers, you really reap great rewards. Well, Ann, let me stay with you on, on that one. Um, you know, those are sort of the examples of proactive communications, things that, you know, th things that you're trying to share with your customer uh, on, a positive, on a positive basis. Have you got an example of a message that a utility needed to, to proactively counter something that was out there? You know, uh, the way that they managed, uh, you know, changing the narrative and, and maybe talk a little bit about their success? Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, Lakeland Electric is a great customer of ours, and they just shared a story not too long ago about uh, a situation that was uh, difficult to manage. So a little over a year ago, uh, they, ha they have annual meetings with their customers. A year ago, they had meetings with their customers that were, I would call them, quite contentious. Uh, it was around Lakeland's new rates and around their solar energy program. Um, but what they did was they actively promoted uh, a solar rate comparison tool, which just happens to be what we provided for them to share. They also shared links to a third-party cost of solar installation site, and they educated their consumers, their audience, on the investment required to install solar, which was, in their estimates, tens of thousands of dollars, so 30000 40000 you know, all told. Uh, when they added the fact that the demand rate customers get the lowest rate for all but 30 minutes a month, the conversation with most of the attendees of these meetings completely changed. They went from criticizing the power company, and sometimes it got loud, <laughs> to changed it to, okay, how do we partner to lower peak demand? It was a, a, a great turnaround on their part. They did an excellent job in the way they communicated and they provided the tools and the resources needed to allow people to become self-educated. Well, you know, uh, and there, there's some more of those, uh, those fragile memories that I have in my days. Of, you know, I was in a few of those uncomfortable <laughs> meetings. I, I've been there, done that. So, Susan, uh, you, you know, you and I've talked before about this. So uh, I'm ever the program manager, and that's my perspective on the ways that I look at these things. So give me some specifics about a campaign that a utility ran where you could quantify the success because that really is at the bottom line of, of the proactive nature of this work is, is determining a problem and figuring out what are we gonna do about it and then measuring 
the the transformation of the customer behavior. Can you can you give me something there that has uh, some specifics that people can glom onto? Sure. The the quantifiable nature of any program is so important because utilities have to know their money's well spent, and I think anybody would everybody would agree that looks at digital communication. It's by far the most cost effective method for engaging customers. Not to mention it's scalable at little additional cost. It doesn't cost dollars per piece for printing and mailing, or it doesn't cost hundreds of dollars for installing controllable equipment in the customer's home or business. The behavior that can be influenced through it is inexpensive, and as long as you're using education that's pertinent and giving timely reminders, the results are pretty incredible. And everything we do now, we study to find out what really was the impact. Uh, a reduction in electricity use between three and a half and four percent has been documented in multiple M&B studies following customers simply doing an online energy audit, being digitally engaged through the company's online portal. And one study showed a five times program participation increase when after performing the audit, customers were presented with monetized savings recommendations. For instance, you'll save $200 if you implement this recommended measure and apply for this rebate. Um, and the reason was it's presented in a context customers understand. They've just audited their home. They're presented with a relevant program, a cost uh, payback, and a place to click to get a rebate. It just makes it easy and it just works. Um, another of our clients sent Beat the Peak videos to customers, asking them to take some suggested actions to help reduce the peak demand that would, was predicted to occur later that day. Um, afterwards, the results were studied, and it was shown that on average, customers reduced their load equivalent to taking a water heater offline, and that's with no expensive switches or controls required. It's just a personalized video that people watch, as Ann mentioned, at 20 to 40 times higher rates of click-through, which is what leads to making it so cost-effective. Um, and you've got results of some of your recent projects. You wanna share some, the Excel study and some of those? Yes, you know, Excel Energy is a great example. Uh, they ran a pilot to see what the impact of personalized video messages would be. They wanted to send a proactive message to customers whose bills were $15 or more uh, higher compared to last month's bill. These customers were sent a message in a video explaining their personal bill and the components that affected the change. Uh, the video dollarizes the amount of the increase due to weather, days of service, rate change, and behavior. Verbatims collected at the end of the video were so positive that they quickly went to scale. And we currently are sending millions of these powerful messages to their customers across their entire customer base. Uh, the impact of that uh, high, high customer satisfaction rating, 92 plus high customer sat, and also a documented decrease in high bill calls to the call center by the tune of 15%, highly successful uh, solution for them. We are seeing rate change sweep the country as well, and we're helping utilities communicate to their customers. One of our large IOUs is seeing an increase in opting into a time of use rate through digital engagement. The multi-channel approach is providing successful, is proving successful by leveraging social media 
outbound messages and online resources. The adoption of this time of use rate has doubled by adding digital engagement and that strategy around it to the traditional marketing already in place. Really great story there too. Well, you know, it, it might be intuitive to some, but um, Susan, maybe I'll come back to you on this one. I'm a utility guy through and through, and I and I understand pretty well, I think, the the positive image that utilities have, some of the positive images that utilities have. What are some of the areas of strength that utilities have that they can communicate that that might fit in with what we're talking about here? You know, I've always thought of a utility's greatest strength and greatest asset was that in most cases, they're viewed in the community as a trusted energy advisor that truly cares about their customer. And by cares, we have an acronym we use here for C-A-R-E. They're truly concerned and actively involved helping customers. They have relationships with them and they work to educate them about using energy wisely. That's our C-A-R-E acronym as a reminder to us and everything we do, that that is the strength we're trying to promote for the utility. And utilities are well positioned to deliver the four C's we call of customer, what all customers seem to universally say they want, control, comfort, convenience, and choice. And you've got some examples further on that. Yep. Well, what I would add to that is that what I've seen with our utility clients is that by using personalized proactive messaging uh, in existing communication channels builds a deeper level of trust. So not bombarding them with more communication or more emails. It's using existing channels, but making that message and the information that's being shared more relevant and impactful to them. This leads to trust and the trust results in customers being more open to participate in programs like an optional rate program, buying something from their online store, or opting into community solar, electric vehicle programs, and so on. You know, along these lines of communications, I heard a presentation done one time by a lady and she started it off by saying, I have a new boyfriend and he knows everything about me. He knows what I want, when I want it, how much of it I want, and his name is amazon.com. And I loved the, the way that she so <laughs> personalized that, that she, she saw the positive in that customer-built relationship that Amazon has created with her. So, you know, when, when you talk about communications, everybody talks about Amazon, but who, is, who are some of the, the entities that utilities should watch to really see how it's done? You know, who are the, some of the communication leaders that you two admire or you've been influenced by? You know, can you share some of those those uh, specifics? Sure. You know, in our industry, when we get together so often, we're talking to each other. We're the vendors and the consultants in the space and the utilities come and we share ideas. But, you know, right here in Georgia, the Georgia Power customers I know don't compare their service to that of Con Ed or Amron or any other utility. They don't know. They compare their power company with, just as you say, with their new boyfriend at Amazon or, or for me, American, American Express has been amazing in their digital engagement. I watch Walmart and Google. Uh, some of these companies, though, we have to keep an eye on because they are looking at ways to come between the utility and their customer right now. You may remember back when Google, just a few years back, started down that path with their power meter. Um, 
it was killed by meter security measures, but eventually these giants will break through with some kind of compelling offer. Um, these are, they're just disruptors out on the scene. It, from fast growing Arcadia, you may have heard of, a digital customer aggregator, or Amazon's everything store that's gone from books to merchandise to groceries, and now what's next? Founder Jeff Bezos could very well be looking at energy as his next target. Um, utilities that have locked down their customers by forging strong relationships now will be glad they got started when they did. Um, and go ahead with your your experience. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I recently attended a seminar and uh, the concern was that these vendors can get between the utility and their customers if they don't do this now. And the question was asked, who else besides Amazon would you consider, you know, a, 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 a company that you would use to showcase customer service, customer service and personalized experience? And the first one was Nordstrom, which kind of surprised me. But it was, uh, and I do shop at Nordstrom, but it was used as a great example of how they pride themselves on a very personalized experience with premium customer support. Um, Southwest Airlines was also mentioned, it, they are the number one airline for the lowest number of customer complaints. And everyone knows Geico, which uses quirky mascots and advertising to draw in new customers. Um, these these are great, uh, great, uh, companies to watch and learn from. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I have my images in my head of all of those different uh, organizations and how I interact with them, whether it's just passively by watching a television commercial or, or actively in the form of, the, you know, the Southwest website. And, and they're different all the way across. I mean, it makes me wonder about um, focusing uh, messages. So, you know, I, I, the messages that I get, I guess, when I buy something from, I would never say my girlfriend, Amazon, but from Amazon, or when I interact with Southwest Airlines and I get messages following up from them, they're very clearly personalized. And does that translate to what the utilities are doing here? Uh, Susan, you know, what do you see as the short and long-term future of these kind of outgoing, positive, uh, customized communications? Short term is really an exciting time. I, I suggest every utility look at every message they're currently sending, whether it's a billboard they're putting up, a TV ad they're paying to run, or just a generic piece of mail they're sending out, and figure out how do I take those same dollars and personalize a message with something that's relevant to that person, their name, their data, their situation presented and how it can be improved, not in the generic, but in the specific. Um, the, the, the names are not hard, they're in a database. I remember utilities telling me, well, we can't do what American Express does when they do that disaggregation of your spending patterns. But if you think about it, you can do so much more. They, the utilities have billing histories, they have meter read dates, they have weather data for the coincident of the meter read dates. There's a lot you can do with that amount of information to educate customers and provide useful information for them. More on the long term, utilities have to stay focused on being relevant to every single customers, not a segment of customers and not just sharing generic tips or comparing a customer to another. Um, they have to work to show they really know 
that customer and care about them, what's important to them and their home or their business. Use of personalization and particularly with these videos is just becoming essential to cost effectively capturing that interest. Uh, and you've got a lot of statistics on this. Why don't you share some of the most relevant of those? Sure, sure. So in fact, uh, statistics as we all know are showing that communication is moving to video. So studies have shown that 82% of Twitter users watch video. YouTube has over a billion users. 45% uh, of people watch more than an hour of Facebook or YouTube videos a week. 87% uh, of marketers use video content. And we all know Mark Zuckerberg, who sees video as a mega trend for 2020, you know, and in the same order as mobile. Now, the statistics go on, but the message is clear. Uh, people don't read like they used to. Uh, Apogee, you, for Apogee, 94% of video re recipients want to continue receiving them. Uh, because they change dynamically with the customer's bill, they don't age out or become repetitive. That's also very important, you know, specific to spending money on an ad campaign and videos that are static and grow old very quickly. Uh, the idea is to keep these videos fresh and engaging with a call to action to promote helpful programs. So, Ann, let me chase something there a little bit. You said 94%, I think, of people want to continue the video exchange. So, uh, I'm a bottom line kind of guy. So, talk to me about when it comes to those strong, focused, personalized, outgoing communications. Maybe aside from the obvious, what's in it for the utility? Why would, why we've talked about the what, the who, the how, now why? And I'll take that one. The, the, sure. we, we study this a lot and we found that effective personalized communication just results in better program participation and lowered operating costs. We have that documented in spades from having done this for more than 10 years now. We've got plenty of documentation of that that's what's in it for the utility. The digital messaging saves some money, and it's just the most cost-effective way to deliver those program goals. Another benefit, higher customer sat gives just gives customers uh, more of a sense of control and convenience in their lives, that they're digitally engaged and they can click a button and get what they want or an answer they need. Um, utilities that have those higher, uh, get higher rates of return, we know when the public commission has a positive view of, of their efforts, to help customers. Well, you know, I try never to end on a, um, on a negative note, but I'm gonna do it right here. So uh, that's the positive side. What do utilities stand to lose if they don't do this? What if they don't do it well? They don't do it seriously, thoughtfully? First, I'd say disintermediation, meaning other companies coming in between the customer and their energy provider. As I mentioned, lots of corporate giants are looming out there and longing to intervene right there between the current provider and their customers. They appear to offer lower rates, better renewable options, um, better environmental stewardship, more options for smart homes and connected devices. So that is what we have to lose is number one. And you can add some more to that. Yeah, I would add that when customer satisfaction suffers, Bottom line, costs go up. Calls to the call center increase. Uh, caring for the customers becomes more labor intensive. Uh, for IOUs, the cost recovery is at risk. So this is, now is really a great time, no time to lose, to take digital customer engagement seriously. 
Well, I think you have, you two have proven beyond the shadow of the doubt that being proactive and being, you know, not necessarily, I guess, aggressive, but, but active and thoughtful in terms of how utilities change their message. You know, I, th I think utilities have always been somewhat cautious about being too much in the face of their customers. And uh, I think you're starting to see organizations like Amazon and others almost prove that you can't be too much in the face of your customer. I suspect that as with everything else, somewhere in the middle is where the truth lies. And I think utilities probably have to move one direction. And, and you know, I have to admit, maybe I wish Southwest Airlines might move back a little bit, but somewhere in the middle is where I think it would all work. So I wanna say thank you so much to you two for, uh, for taking time with me today. Do you have any closing thoughts or anything you'd like to share before we wrap up today? I'd like to thank Ann Frakas for sharing what you're seeing out on the front lines firsthand with our working with our customers delivering our services. And a special thanks to you, John, and AESP for letting us express our vision for the industry. And with the recent announcement of your impending retirement, I'd like to thank you for your energy industry career, um, so many years with Nevada Energy, and then for coming up on five years now. You've been a great AESP CEO and leader. We appreciate it. Oh, that's very nice. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you so much. It's been it's been my pleasure. It's uh, uh, it's been the uh, the great capping off of a fun fun career by working with AESP, and I really have enjoyed it. And you know, uh, not to put too fine of a point on it, but uh, this is one of my favorite things about it is I've gotten to learn so much and I've met so many fun and wonderful and interesting and dedicated people like you two and, and everybody else. So thank you very much for that, uh, Susan Ann. I really appreciate it. And thanks everybody for tuning in to the uh, podcast series. We will be back soon. Thanks all.